0: Oh, man. Here we go back with another one.
1: Yes, sir. We are back. and We got a special guest in the building. And as we always say, Mm -hmm. he's the most recent. So he's the (laughs) most most special. (laughs) (laughs) We got a Billboard Charter, Grammy nominee, music aficionado, Felix Don Gato AKA Bag of Tricks Cat in the building what's happening bro <laughs> what's going on y'all <laughs> I don't know if I'm that cool nah you know yeah, I rehearsed that <laughs> I had that ready for you man yeah. I almost, almost did my uh, my Buffett voice you know what I'm saying <laughs> <And> now <laughs> coming to the show you know what I mean uh, but uh yeah thanks for coming through man yeah thanks, thanks for, for having coming. me for yeah. how
2: long was the drive uh about 30 minutes 40 okay. minutes okay
1: yeah not yeah. Nothing too crazy Yeah no You're just in SoCal Arizona Right now Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying Yeah You might as well Just we, keep we, going We in LA We're, Yeah <laughs> I mean, You're pretty, yeah, close. pretty close We're pretty close LA County man yeah. Um So let, let's Let's jump it off man Um let, Let's just Let's get into Who you are man What you do Um You know Kind of Kind of what you got going on Professionally Uh Well I make music Uh okay. For
2: myself, I record a mix mm-hmm. for a lot of cats. And currently, that's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm making music <laughs> and I'm helping other people make music. Um I just had an EP come out on July 31st yeah. called uh, the Bad Luck EP. Yeah, we got to get in. Fire. We, we get in. <laughs> a fire, fire we EP, we going to get into it. We're going to get
1: into it, EP, it. for yeah. sure. Yeah. For sure. Go ahead.
2: So I had that just recently come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a single coming out this upcoming Friday and I'm in the studio about 50 hours a week.
1: Nice. Nice. Uh, So how'd you, how'd you get, how'd you get started in music? What, (laughs) you know, what year, what what made you like, this is uh, what I want to do.
2: Um, well, I started doing music really young because my grandma was a singer during, during the big band era. Okay. Um, her name was Ann Bennett and she sang on the East coast. Um, she had some recordings but mainly like live Mm -hmm. um and one of her side hustles was doing jingles uh, for cartoons and things like that and so in 1959 she sang the felix the cat theme song in english (laughs) and spanish okay nice and you know obviously it it did really well and you know, ever since I was small, like I always remember, like being around my grandma and and seeing the pictures of her in, uh, you know, New York and on stage. Right, and, right, right. And uh, yeah, like music was constantly around me, so mm. I just naturally got drawn to it. But as far as hip hop goes you know i was just a listener for a long time and okay. then i was just saying this to somebody like around like 12 it's the same story for every rap around 12 13 right. right around the time you start smoking weed is right. around the time you right. start writing raps right. Right? Right. So, right that's a fact though that's a fact uh, and so right around that time you know i started writing raps um and smoking weed right <laughs> i kind of go hand in hand it, it, right? it does. and then uh Right around like 16, I started uh, recording over like original beats, Mm. um, was selling CDs. I'd print up CDs. I started doing shows in the valley that, you know, there weren't many places that would do uh, all age events. Okay. So there was a spot called the Big Fish Pub Uh uh back in the day Mm -hmm. that would do them. Um, And yeah, it just kind of grew from there. But uh, that's how it really all started.
1: Nice. So we kind of alluded to it. You said she, you, your grandmother, saying, "Yeah, uh, the Felix the cat." So is that where was that the inspiration behind the name? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you know,
2: yeah. Well, a lot of people call me Felix, but you know, it's also Felix always had a bag of tricks, and you Ooh, know, those my. like who those who know me and you know have worked with me and been around me, like I always have whatever. Is needed. You got a bag of like tricks. I got, the, I got the bag. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. I can, uh, I can, I'm a good problem solver mm-hmm. That's and I make shit work. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really big on working with what you have at the current moment, making okay. the most out of what you have. Um, I think it's something that if you want to be successful, especially as an indie, you kind of have to, you, have to. you yeah. know, so yeah. It, it it really is fitting in more than one way for me my name yeah that's dope. for sure
1: so when when did you uh when did you record like your first full on record did you put it out promote it man starting at like 16 okay you know back
2: on uh the MySpace days okay hitting, the, uh, hit, hitting the streets with in the,
1: in the trunk too
2: had the MySpace music page Fire. you know what i mean Fire. going to the house parties yeah. i had my memorex cd's yes yeah fresh <laughs> Sharpie yeah, on yeah. them you feel <laughs> talk me talk about it i'm with it yeah um, i love it but i would say that i really started i really started investing in myself okay. and really started putting out stuff that I uh I consider professional around 2013 okay. 2014
1: okay. is when it when I I would say started professionally. What what made you make like what made you make that jump like okay I'm really I'm really about to go after this. Like it's not fun and <laughs> games no more like what, well, what did it what
2: happened was I, I was doing it and I had a group at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it started off with like nine of us. It was kind of like mm-hmm. Bhutan clan. Clan. Okay. And then it went down to uh, five of us. And I down. think everybody starts yeah. out that way too. You know what I mean? Yeah, you start in a group <laughs> and it went down to five of us, to four of us, to three of us, to two of us, mm-hmm. to me. And so um, I did the group and that was a really good experience for me. And I have a lot of great memories and, and got a lot of great experience. We did a lot of great shows together. Um, what really made me like lit the fire under my ass and, you know, I don't mean to like get super serious or anything, but was when my grandmother passed, um, and she passed unexpectedly. I mean, she was in her eighties, but it was, it was unexpected how it happened. Gotcha. And so, um, at that time I was, uh, fresh out of jail, you know what I mean? Um, i i was bouncing back and forth between my grandma's house and my uh my girlfriend's house at the time okay um i was working two shitty jobs and i just wasn't uh i just wasn't on point and when she passed um it made me feel like damn like this is how she saw me last right, you know what i mean right, and so right. that kind of uh really sparked a fire under me to to really like say, okay, like if you're gonna do this, like then it. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that
0: was the moment that things started really moving in that direction. That's dope. So on the mixing and mixing engineering side of things, uh, did you teach yourself? When did you start doing that? When did you start taking an interest in that?
2: So I started recording myself on a cassette when i was about 12 13 right when i first started uh, writing raps and obviously it wasn't very good it, i was just taking a boombox with a, a blank cassette right, in there right, 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 right. and like playing like a beat loop on a keyboard and rapping into the, the little microphone that's on the boombox right, right. you know so that's where it all started i uh, upgraded <laughs> to um, like one of those gamer headsets uh-huh. and yep, audacity yep. Yeah, and uh, downloading beats on LimeWire yeah. uh, shortly after. Yeah, <laughs> And then in high school, once I got to high school, I uh, made a friend, and he had a Mac. And he said, yo, I got GarageBand on here. I got a little M-Box and a microphone. You could come over and record with me. So I started recording with him. And me and him, after a while, kind of had a falling out. So then I was like, well, I'm, I'm just going to start recording myself. So I started recording myself straight out of high school. Everyone was saying, "Yo, you gotta go to sc- you gotta go to college. You gotta do this." I really didn't want to go, mm-hmm. but I ended up going, and I didn't graduate because I didn't take English and math and all that shit. I didn't oh, want right. to pay the money to right. to learn shit that <laughs> I didn't care about right. and that I had just learned a year ago for free. So, uh, <laughs> I so I paid. Uh, right. You know, I paid to go for uh, the audio classes, and then I dipped. And I learned a lot there, but what I didn't know was my cousin, my older cousin, had been recording and and doing his thing uh, for years. Mm-hmm. And he was just in the beginning stages of quitting his job and doing the studio full time. Mm-hmm. And he had turned his garage Let's get into, it. into a studio. Yeah, sorry. And uh, yeah, I started going over there and working with him. And um, you know, he's seven years older than me about, and he's been doing this since he was 14. Oh. So I learned a lot from my cousin as well, um, and still do to this day. Mm-hmm. And you know, we always talked about when we were in the garage, like, yeah, one day we'll, we'll get a spot and we'll have a couple rooms. And then in 2016, September 2016, we got the building that we're currently in. It used to be a spot called SAE Mastering. Ooh. And it was a mastering studio here in the Valley. Uh, Pretty well known, and uh, the guy who was running it uh, was retiring. He was an older man. Uh, His name was Roger, and so uh, we came over and we took over the lease, and uh, and we got two studios working on a third for next year. So,
0: fire. (laughs) So, but you're all pretty much self-taught then, basically. You didn't know. I mean, you you did say you went to school, took a couple classes, but pretty much self-taught. Yeah,
2: I mean. You know, school will teach you like at least in audio. School will teach you like about signal flow, right? What what is an interface? Uh What is this type of microphone? Is it condenser, dynamic, ribbon? This is a compressor. This is what a compressor does. But you know, they don't really teach you like real life scenarios in the studio. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, You know, especially working with different pieces of gear. you know, one piece of gear may thin something out. You know, a preamp right. may thin, you know, somebody out. Another preamp may make somebody thicker. Right. You know what I mean? So they don't really teach you right that in school. Um, so, I mean, they teach you the foundation, but you really gain a lot of knowledge by just experience. Just doing and,
0: it. 100%. Yeah. yeah.
2: And the experience of not only being in the studio making my own music, but also... Uh, Working with other people Mm -hmm. You know what I mean Has just You know Gotten my skill set Higher and higher Over time Yeah
1: So So The cousin That you were talking about uh, Is Brian Correct Yeah Brian Uh, And and HKS Studios Yes sir Um, Talk talk about that man Because that's That's a That's a big thing Like I remember You know Years ago When he was first Like he was still working I think at the school Like doing IT At the school Yep and I remember, like we, we had went over there a couple times and and years ago, and he was like, "Yeah, man, like it was gonna get going." And just I remember the <laughs> valley was really going up. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. that were just in the same kind of fold mm-hmm. were like, "Yo, you gotta go over to HKS." And obviously, there was um, not Sweetwater. What's the damn one? There was the major one that that everybody used to go oh, to. Uh, Salt mine. Salt mine. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And you know. As, H, as, as you guys, you know, I didn't know, I didn't even know, but you guys were behind the scenes creating this dope thing that the <laughs> Valley, and then now, like, it's not even just Phoenix people, it's people outside of Phoenix, it's celebrities, it's guys that's been in the game have come to the studio, so talk about that experience, just how you guys built this up from the ground, bro. Man, it, it took a long time, and really, like,
2: Brian had started doing it uh, right before we started working together, because... We uh, we're both from an Italian family, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So the family's really big. And so uh, as big as it is, like we don't like know what's going on right. in each other's mm-hmm. lives. So growing up, I didn't know Brian was into the same stuff I was into wow. um, and vice versa. That's but when crazy. but when I got older, uh, right around the time I was in school for audio, I, I found out about it. and uh, me and Brian just started working together. And we were working really well together. Um, Justice had just uh, recently hired me to uh, start booking shows. So I was booking shows in the Valley, and I was, uh, you know, coercing with a lot of artists in the Valley. And, you know, I was telling everybody, like, you, you got to come fuck with my cousin. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Over at right. the studio. And started building traction. And then uh, basically, like, what ended up happening was it got to the point where Brian's like, you know, if this is going to get any bigger, it's got to get out of my garage.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. There's only, yeah. there's a
2: ceiling and we're yeah. at that ceiling right mm-hmm. now. So, um, in the beginning of 2016, he was already like, has the idea, like we're, we we got to find a building. Mm-hmm. We got to find gotta a, a, a commercial garage. building. We got to do something. And, uh, it was weird because he hit me up and like, he told me, this, you have to verify the facts with him because this is what he told me. (laughs) Okay. He said he woke up out of a deep sleep and was like, I think Roger's retiring. And he went on the SAE website and sure enough, he was retiring. That's crazy. And so he, uh, then he called (laughs) and, uh, he got in touch with the owner of the building and stuff. And, uh, we ended up taking over the lease and Yeah, just to see it grow to what it is now. I mean, you know, Brian's booked like three, four months in advance. Like I'm booked like two months in advance. But you know what I mean? It's it's really crazy to see just because like it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Like it doesn't feel like it was that much time. But like we've already been in that building five years. Like it was almost 10 years ago when it started. And it's just like where did the time go? Like we were, we were busy working, yeah, like, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, dude. And like things just started happening. Um, you know, I mean, we start recording cats and then, you know, somebody gets a bigger feature and then they come in and then so-and-so fucked with them. And now they're in the Valley and they want to know where they recorded at Ooh, and now mm-hmm. they come, you know? And so it just eventually built up to what it is today. And it's still building. Like, you know, me and Brian, are like never satisfied you know what i mean like we're always thinking like what can we do to make it better what what are we going to add to it we're going to be building a third room here at the beginning of the year uh to because we just between the two of us there's just not enough time right right so we'll have the third room uh starting at the top of the year which i'm excited for and uh yeah man i mean it's just it's just surreal sometimes to think about like you know where it started and where it's at because it just happened Good. like and it's still
0: going and it you still going. know it and <laughs> do you do you guys strictly do hip-hop or is there other music that you guys do and stuff we i'd say about 80 percent
2: of what we do is hip-hop okay. but uh we also do pop and r&b nice you know um and I'd be open to work with other genres, but I'm not set to record a rock band, mm-hmm. um, as far as like miking up drums right, and everything. Right, and that's a whole yeah. other piece. Yeah, and you know, like I kind of like the idea of being the like premier hip hop studio. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I kind of like the idea of like that's what we're known for. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, not not that I wouldn't be interested in working in other genres, but mm. uh, that's primarily
0: what we do. Yeah. Well, pop and R and B kind of in that, kind, it's, like all like that kinda, same, it's all kind of
2: it's all kind of intertwined. intertwined now, yeah, yeah. yeah, for
1: sure. It's all kind of intertwined. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a favorite, uh, if you can say um, favorite artist that's come through to record or or even just like a, a dope artist that you are like, man, I never thought mm. this person would be in the studio <laughs> with me. Um,
2: I will say that the artist that I. Uh, I have a lot of fun recording our uh, Megaram because Shut me and Megaram have known each other now almost ten years, mm. and I've been making music a long time together. And so there's yeah. a lot of chemistry in the studio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my homegirl Whitney Payton, yeah. mm-hmm. um, we have a lot of chemistry in the studio. Um, as far as like the biggest, where I was just like, is this real? Mm. Uh, probably uh, Twista. Okay. That was that was a big one. That's a huge one. Yeah. Uh Brian recorded Juvenile a couple years back. Yeah. That was a big mm. one. Um, yeah, those those moments were like
0: what's, yeah, going, what's going on, on what's here. Going, yeah. What's <laughs> going on? This is crazy. Yeah.
1: Um, getting back to, to you and, and Mega Ran. Um, you guys mm-hmm. obviously just well not just kinda I guess kinda just released the uh the single for uh oh, the bad yeah. luck E P with Rockness, Lord Rockness himself. Um Talk about that, man, because for one the track is, is, is fire. Um I, I love what you guys did with just going and, and we just we about to just spit these verses and let y'all know what it is. How'd that come about? How and you know, obviously you and Ram work together, but how'd you guys get with Robin? I'm gonna so? interrupt real quick, bro,
0: because the answer to, you answered
1: that question.
0: But Emerald Knights, you know, <laughs> the projects you guys work is fire. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Oh thank you. Like man. your guys' chemistry together is it's just
1: something different, bro. <laughs>
0: like, it's so fun to listen to. So, you go Yeah, ahead. no, I, talk, like, yeah, talk, talk, man, talk about to that track that. and then
1: talk about kind of your guys' work, you know, you and Ran over the years. So, <laughs> Wanna Act Hard um,
2: was actually going to be uh, on the producer's uh, album. Okay. Uh, he's a producer that I've worked with a long time. He's directed most of my videos. His name's LJ, mm-hmm. LJ Beats. And he made that beat and originally it was just gonna be Rockness and then he hit me and Mega Ran up and we were like yo I want you and Mega Ran on this record with Rockness so I said okay and then we did that and he never like he never did anything with the song and so like it was just sitting there and I hit him up I was like yo like are you going to do anything with this record? Really? Right, like, right. like, what what are you doing? <laughs> right. And he was like, bro, if you don't do something with it, it's never going to come out. I was like, all right, man. So <laughs> I, so I took the record and finished it up and I'm happy that I did. Yeah, for sure. As far man. as Rockness Ness um, goes, uh, I met rock in 2018 and it was really random. Like it, it's just one of those moments where it's just like, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So like, I got this random text from this number from New York and it said something like, uh, Hey, my name is rock. I'm from a group named Helta Skelta in New York. Uh, I'm in Arizona and I need a studio. And I was told to hit you up, yada, yada, yada. Can you get me in? And I was just like, felt
1: it like rock, bro like I like know rock. who you are like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like he hit me up like he's like gotta explain like yeah, you know right, what I mean right, I have this right. group that's crazy bro. I have right. this little group you that's know what so I liar. mean called
2: Boot Camp click <laughs> I don't know if you heard of it and uh, <laughs> and I was like yeah that's like I got liar. you yeah, I got so, so I had him come through and then man it's just it was just one of those things because he came through to the studio and like it was originally supposed to be like 2 hours or something mm. but we ended up hanging out like 6 hours you know what i mean into That's the morning and dope. we were we were just you know smoking weed and and he is telling me stories about boot camp and you know uh a lot of what happened in the scene with New York hip hop during like the the late nineties and the early two thousands and stuff. And then he is intrigued about, you know, Phoenix and, and some of the stuff that's happened in Phoenix. And then we just really hit it off. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, rock to this day is my guy. Whenever he's in Arizona, he comes and fucks with me in the studio. Um, you know what I mean? He'll call me just to say what up. I'll call him to just say what up. He's a he's a really cool dude, man, and I'm happy to call him a friend because he's he's one of the real ones that you'll end up meeting in this jungle of you know craziness that the music industry is. So, right, uh, yeah, he's dope. Um, as far as Megaran goes, how me and Megaran started working was I actually was kind of a fan of Megaran um, before I started working with him. He had released. Uh, some some tapes called language arts and He had done some cool videos and there was this one video um, Called metamorphosis, okay Mm -hmm. Uh, where he like turns into a bug and like it's really weird But like it was really fun and the video was well produced and I was just like yo like this dude's dope and so uh, I reached out to him to do a record he came through Brian's at, when it was still, you know, in the garage and stuff, and okay. we did the record, and it turned out really great. Mm. And then, you know, before you know it, like he hit me up, he's like, "Hey, I got this record, you hop on it." So mm. then I hop on one of his records, then you know he hops on one of mine, and we did that like four or five times. And then uh, we were, I, I had done a record called Dream Girl, with uh with him and uh, this R&B singer out here named Brandon Michael, and we were shooting a video, okay. Okay. and we were shooting a video. And, uh, just randomly, he's like, Hey, like I'm, uh, I'm going to the UK to do this tour, uh, in like two and a half months. And I was like, Oh, that's dope. And like, you want to roll? And I'm like, yeah. Like, yeah. let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Are they yeah. going to let me in? Yeah. Like, they're going to let me in. To so yeah. I got, uh, I, you know, got that's my fine. passport and expedited that. And we said, you know, while we're out there, we should hit the studio. You know, and we hit up Fresh Kills, who's a producer out in Canada. Okay. And he sent us over some beats. And then we went to do the tour. We did uh, London, uh, Birmingham, UK, Cambridge, Mm -hmm. Ireland. Mm -hmm. And we went to three different studios while we were out there. And we recorded what was the first Emerald Knights project. And then we took it back to the States and we finished mixing it. And then we did the, the U.S. part mm. of that tour. Um, so, like, it was really, like, a worldwide thing because the producer was in Canada, it was recorded in Europe, and then it was mixed in the States. Yeah. And so um, that's how, like, the first Emerald Nights came to be. Mm-hmm. That's dope. And then, That yeah.
0: explains the album art of, like, the Abbey Road type yeah. of deal
2: going on. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, it was all recorded in yeah. Europe because the tour was called Emerald Nights. And the reason we called it that wasn't anything to do with Green Lantern or anything. Okay. It's It really stemmed from we were going to Europe, so, you know, there are nights right. and stuff. And then uh, the U.S. tour was in the Southwest and the Northwest. And Seattle was a big date for us, so that's Emerald City. Mm-hmm. So we... Decided to call it Emerald Nights, that's fire. and then it just it's stuck. stuck. That's yeah, a fire. yeah, and it's that's fire. cool. Though. I love that. Yeah, it's fire. I love that. It just stuck, and then you know, before you know it, like uh, we did that in 2015 and uh, 2017. When I got the the building and everything situated, Mega Rant started coming to record with me, and you know, he was like, "Yeah, let's. You got the studio. Let's do this Emerald Nights too." And so then we did that. And I think Emerald Knights 2, like totally shitted on Emerald Knights one, <laughs> and uh, yeah, man. Now we're just uh, we're in talks of doing Emerald Knights
0: three. I was just gonna say, I was, that was gonna be my next question, man, is what's the next project coming out with you and Mega Ram? Em- Emerald Knights three, like okay. there's no date or anything. Yeah.
2: We 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 may or may not have like some beats that you know that we're considering and stuff, but. Um, it will happen, but we're not gonna rush it. There was right. a, there was a three year gap between the first and the second. Right now, it's a three year gap. Now, if we were to put it out this year, it probably won't come yeah. out this year. Realistically, uh, maybe sometime next year. Well, we got something to look forward to then. Right? You yeah. know, <laughs> and me and Mega Ran have done songs and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. in between the Emerald Knight stuff. You know what I mean? Like right. when I Act Hard, he's on there. I'm on a couple of his. So mm. there's still we still make music that may not necessarily end up on Emerald Nights. Yeah.
1: Well, and you stay working anyways because you just dropped, like just dropped the Bad Luck EP. <laughs> yeah. And now we've got, if I'm trying to say it right. Vodka Gravas. Yeah. Yep. Milk and vodka. Milk and vodka coming. <laughs> coming what this fall, right? This fall. But you yep. got a single. You got a single coming next, this upcoming Friday. Okay, so let's get into that, because you just dropped. (laughs) So now you're about to drop again. Yeah. Is it an LP or EP? It's an EP. Okay. It's an EP.
2: LP stressed me out. So I was going to say, what, like, why not the LP? Yeah, yeah,
1: you know what, I did want to ask, so so let's get into the EP that's coming out. Okay. But I did want to ask you something, too, because I have noticed that you do a lot of EPs, and even when you do your LPs, they're like right on the cusp, cusp of, of the, the LP. <laughs> it's like eight songs LP. Yeah, why is that? To, well, the thing is, man,
2: is that when it comes to the financing of a, of an album mm. and everything, it, it it's very very expensive. Like, and a lot of cats think like, oh, like you know video is 500 bucks or whatever, but it's not like that. It's like Felix Chevrolet was the last solo project that I put out before the bad luck EP. Right. Felix Chevrolet is I think eight or nine songs Mm -hmm. between the production, the mixing and mastering, the music videos, the marketing, everything that album cost me 10 bands. You know what I mean? And so like, I don't have a label funding me. And so to put out an LP is gonna take a tremendous amount of, of financial support um, and work on top of that. Right. And I find that um, it's just easier for me and, and I could be more consistent if I just put out smaller projects and singles um one of the things that has always happened with me is like 2015 2016 I'm real active then 2017 like I'm building the studio everything like just kind of stops then 2018 gotcha. Emerald Knights 2 comes out I'm real active I segue into Felix Chevrolet everything's going good I had plans of going in 2020 like I had a project you know that I was working on but then 2020 happened right. you right, know right. what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of bullshit happened. So, um, you know, then 2020 like is a very inactive year. And so, I really like would prefer to stay consistent and stay consistent while maintaining quality rather than, you know what I mean, Go for the just big, put together for the an LP. Shebang, yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. But not to say that I won't do more LPs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They it just has to I have to be very
1: very confident in mm-hmm. in the Concept behind whatever
2: it is I'm doing to
1: okay. do that. okay. Gotcha. And then, okay. So then, so now let's get into Vodka Gravis. What's what's going <laughs> on? What can you give us? Like kind of the element yeah. of, of what the uh, what the EP is going to sound like?
2: Yeah. So uh, Vodka is from Tucson, which is really dope because you don't see a lot of Phoenix acts. Working with Tucson—that is very true. And so I feel like Tucson is tremendously slept on, mm. in in all avenues of it. They're they're slept on with the artists because you got really dope artists out there like Cash Lansky, yeah. Marley B, yeah. Cryptic Wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and there's even more. You know. Um, and then you have dope producers, um, Vaca being one of them, uh, and. I'm just really excited to kind of uh, be one of the artists that in some way is bridging that gap. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as far as Vaca goes, he's been doing this a long time. He makes beats. He also engineers. So he uh, lives in L.A. now, and, and he has a studio out there. Oh, fire. Um, and he's actually won a Grammy. Uh, he uh, engineered uh, a couple records on the Lil Nas X album. Okay. So he got that. Uh, He's charted on Billboard multiple times with some of that stuff. Um, as far as the sound goes, the sound is very traditional. Okay. It's, it's, it's more traditional hip-hop. Um, it does have a contemporary twist, but, you know, these aren't records that I would probably, like, auto-tune out on. You know Got what you. I mean? These, these are more
0: traditional in the sense of, of hip-hop. Uh, speaking of auto tune, <laughs> <laughs> what is your take on auto tune? Do you do you like it? Do you hate it? Do I you, love auto tune. Do man. you? Okay. I love auto tune. Right. I've used auto tune on a lot of my records. So uh, we we were talking about that, you know, as you were coming in and and uh, and I, I love. See, auto is a weird thing for me personally. Sometimes I think it's too much, like it's too overused, like especially in a project where. Every song sounds the same over and over, and it's just all auto tune. And I love what you did with, you know, the Bad Luck EP, with some of the auto tuning in in there, where it's very yeah, you gotta subtle. Like stay
1: safe. Yeah, and yeah,
0: it's it, it's I, I I love the blend of that. I love the blending of good auto tune.
2: There's there's a happy medium with it. You yeah. know what I mean. Um, I like uh I like auto tune records. I think that. Um, there are like super like elitist, uh, Mm. hip hop heads, you know what I mean? That are like auto tune isn't real hip hop, you know what I mean? But, and then like, you know, you have weird elitists that are like, you don't rap as fast as tech nine. That's not real hip hop. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like hip hop is, so it's two words. Hip. Mm-hmm. So you're hip to what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's current. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the hop, rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if it's current
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it has rhythm, it's technically hip hop. Right. Right. You know what I right, mean? Right. So to say that one style is hip hop and one isn't, you know what I mean? Like there's there's subgenres within hip-hop and subgenres within all music music, Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and there's some that i really like and there's Mm -hmm. some that i don't like Mm -hmm. you know but um auto-tune like i do like um i think it's about also knowing uh your sound and your range Mm -hmm. and what's gonna be realistic about what's gonna sound good right you know because you may want to do something but
1: it may not that may not be you right you know what I mean yeah you could want to like do like the (laughs) T-Pain effect but like you don't sound like T-Pain so you're never you're just gonna sound like a dude with weird auto-tune on your voice yeah
2: auto-tune like and what I tell artists too when I I record them and and they want to use auto-tune and they haven't used it before is auto-tune is not pitch correction auto-tune is an instrument that you play with your voice Mm-hmm. Yes, Th- that's that's really what it is. True. Say that. And so, if you don't take the time to learn how to play that instrument, you know what I mean. You're not going to get the result
1: that you want. Okay. Right? Are you Are you a uh, Do you use Auto while you're recording? Or oh, yeah. every every time. Yeah. Do you, do you use it in post as well, or in your mixing? Uh, pretty yeah. much, you got it set.
2: Yeah, like when you when you record with it on, you keep it on the mix. You know what I mean? Right,
1: right, 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 right. But there's never an instance where it's like you didn't have it there, and then you are like, "Ah, oh, this would sound good." Like you, like I, I know we're gonna do auto tune. Yeah,
2: even record if it straight. Even if auto-tune. even if somebody doesn't need auto tune, I'll put a little on them. Okay. To where they don't even realize that it's mm-hmm. there. Um, if it's something that I don't want to sound like there is any auto tune, then what I would do is I would there's a plugin called Melodyne.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And
2: so uh-huh. I would have the auto tune on, and I would pull up Melodyne and I would shift manually shift them okay. to where they're on. And when you do that, it will take away the robotic right. type sound right. of the autotune. And if you do it well enough, you may be able to take it off completely
0: because um, Melodyne is more of a pitch correction. Melodyne. Yeah, Melodyne that's the Melodyne, more, is, like Melodyne
2: almost, is manual pitch correction. Yeah, yeah. Auto-tune is automatic, automatic pitch right. correction. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. takes longer now when You got
1: to really know what you're doing with Melodyne. Right. <laughs> when you
2: when you're doing like an R&B record, you know what I mean, and you want, you know, somebody's a little flat or something and you don't want it to sound auto-tune-y That's the time when you pull out Melodyne and mm-hmm, you fix yeah. them on that note. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they right. still sound natural, but they don't sound robotic or have that auto-tune yeah. effect. Fire. Dope. I, I love the engineering stuff. <laughs> Oh, I do, too. So we, we, we come from an engineering background, right. so, like, I, yeah. I love to ask you that stuff. <laughs> um, no, I, love, I love engineering. Man, I love all parts of the, uh, the process. Do yeah. You, do you, you really prefer
1: like...
0: engineering or being an artist? Do you prefer one more over the other?
2: I prefer being an artist a little more. Do you? Like... I love engineering and like, I love mixing, but I wouldn't have even cared to get into it if I didn't make my own music. Right. In the first place. So it's, it's always going to kind of be my first love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also like super snobby about gear and stuff <laughs> now. Like it's hard yeah. for me to just enjoy. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and so like, When I record, like, personally, like, I hate having to record myself. Like, I try to avoid it Mm. because you should, when you're an artist, you should be focusing on your Your performance, you know what I mean? And not necessarily um, gain staging Mm. or, you know, how well your vocal's hitting the compressor and, like, you know, you if you split your, your attention on that, like you get half and half on both. You, that's it's just, point. you'll lose, yeah. you'll lose some, uh, of the, uh, some of the best, um, you'll lose a good performance out of focusing too much on mm, the engineering side. And you'll lose point. the engineering part of it, focusing too much on the performance. So when I record my stuff, about 85% of the time, Brian's recording me. Okay. And I am just focusing on my performance. Letting loose. Yeah, but um, yeah, I do love engineering though because, like I said, I really love gear. I really love um, hearing a record like in the early stages and and taking it to the finish line. Mm. Um, it's just a it's just a fun process whether it's your record or it's someone else's record. It's just a great process.
1: And oh, I love. Do you uh, process. Do, is it is it hard for you? Um, to 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 engineer other people being an artist, like, are there things like when you hear it, you're like, oh, I don't know if I would have did that. Uh or I did... think it's I think it makes it easier.
2: Okay, I think it makes it easier to be okay. honest with you because, um, to me, like, there's this unspoken thing, and I don't think anybody ever talks about it, of like studio etiquette, mm-hmm. and like to me, like, it's a very delicate thing of how much you're going how much you're going to take the wheel. Like mm-hmm. the artist is going to take the wheel to a certain extent and the engineer is going to take a wheel to a certain extent. Okay. And first you have to find the relationship that you have with the artist and it's not going to be, you know, usually in your first session unless they say, "Hey, I really want your feedback on everything," you okay. know what I mean? Yep, yep. Like I I am involved as little or as much as, as they as as they want me to okay. be. Mm-hmm. Um you know, usually what ends up happening is for artists that aren't as experienced, um, I end up taking the larger end of the wheel. Okay, You uh, know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And they want someone to help them with the wheel. Ooh. Of course. Um, but then you have artists that are really tenured, you know what I mean? That um, th- it's, it's really 50-50 with them. Like sometimes, you know, like if I record MegaRam, is Mega very tenured and um there'll be times i'll be like hey you should redo that take and then he'll redo it and there's times he'll listen back and be like okay i'm gonna redo that take and and we redo it you know what i mean it's really balanced Mm -hmm. i never really like though when it's all the way on the other end when they're like just press record Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and and usually you know those records don't turn out good because you know they the artist has unrealistic expectations Mm -hmm. about what the process evolves mm-hmm. and what it takes to get to the finish line. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I don't have a lot of that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, usually those cats end up falling off anyway. Right. Um, right. Say that. So, but yeah, usually, <laughs> you know, yeah. but usually like, usually it's either like 50, 50 or like, I'll end up taking the wheel a little bit more if it's somebody who needs it. Yeah.
1: Nice. Nice. I man, yeah.
0: I love mixing, man. <laughs> as he does man, mixing is just it's just one of my things. I never really got into like the recording side yeah, of things, but you know, because uh, him and I have worked together on different projects and stuff like that and he's always recorded and then handed it off to me to mix it and stuff like that, man. I just I love hearing it cuz I love the process of it. It's yeah. a, it's always been, you know, just just a fantastic pr- uh, process to go through. Yeah, it's know?
2: it's really it, it's fulfilling. It is super it's, fulfilling. It's fulfilling when yeah. you when you take a record and, and you get it to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and obviously, like, it, you know, there's a lot of factors into it. Uh, you know, I don't think people realize, like, it's, it comes down to even the room you're in. Mm-hmm. Oh, to yeah. The, to the speakers that you're listening oh, to. Yeah. You know, to are you all the way in the box? Are you hybrid? You know what I mean? There's like just a, a lot of different factors yeah. um, that can change, uh, you know, the outcome of your mix. And, uh, yeah, like when you find that balance mm-hmm. <laughs> between everything and, and you dial it in and you know it's dope and the artist knows it's dope, yeah. then it's it's a good feeling. Oh, that's such a good feeling. Do you, do you teach this type of stuff to... Um, I, I haven't really been asked to teach uh, engineering. Uh, my cousin Brian, he does classes, okay, um, every now and then, like once a quarter, and uh, it's from beginner to intermediate. Mm. Um, and it mainly focuses on mixing, but he does go over like you know, basic signal flow mm. and kind of goes over how he has his uh, studio set up uh, in his class. I mostly get requested to to talk about music business. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I have been hired to do consulting for artists and stuff, like as far as um, like how to treat their brand as a business, how to uh, structure a campaign for a single or for an album, uh, things like that. but, yeah, I mean, I, I would be happy to to teach um, some engineering stuff. And who knows, like down the road, maybe, you know, that'll be something that I do do. Um, I used to work at as Sam Ash. Oh, man. I used to work at <laughs> as Sam insane. Ash in, in Pro yeah. Audio. Yeah. It was the last regular job I had. <laughs> and um, I taught Pro Tools on Saturdays.
0: That's true. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I taught Pro Tools to the teenagers and the old people. So there, there you go. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you guys take any interns? Uh, uh,
2: we no. don't at the time because unfortunately, like a lot of clients don't want them in there. Gotcha. Okay. And so, uh, you know, we haven't really taken any
1: interns. Yeah. Really? That's kind of, that's uh, it's kind of surprising that they wouldn't want a uh, an intern just for the help. You know what I mean? Well, there's nothing really to help. Like when you're like in a rock
2: studio and stuff and like you have to set up a bunch of mics and you know what I mean? Like someone needs to be in the live room and somebody needs to be in the control room and you're on a talkback saying, move the mic closer or bring it back or do like, you know, there's more. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's more for an intern to do like. Yeah. So when you're mainly tracking vocals and you're mixing, like... They're just sitting there. Yeah. Like,
1: wrapping up wires and stuff. Okay. Yeah, it makes or sense. Or
0: you could have them clean toilets or
1: yeah. you know,
2: whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's, it's something that's not uh, off the table. It's just not on the table right now, especially yeah. like with COVID. But the Conservatory has reached out to us a few times about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that I'm sure that we'll end up doing in the,
1: sometime in the future. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Let's let's do some bragging a little bit.
2: A little bit of bragging. A little All bit. A right. little bit of bragging. <laughs>
1: let's talk about the billboards, man. Let's talk about oh, the, the Grammys, billboards. man. It's not every day I have a Grammy nominee. So
2: let me let me get this right. So let me so let me straight it out. So I've I haven't been nominated for a Grammy. Okay. I've been nominated for a nomination.
1: Oh, well, you damn, you knocking on the <laughs> door. You right there. You're outside. So it so counts.
2: so what <laughs> happens in the process? So okay. So talk to me there's the recording Academy and about a hundred or so albums or songs are selected for each category. That's going to be on the Grammys. Okay. Okay. That's called the Grammy shortlist. All the voting members will vote for their favorite album or song in each category. And the top five that get the most votes in each category is what's nominated. Then all the members come back and they vote on those five in each category and that's that's what wins. So I haven't made it to the full on nomination. I've made it to the short list to be inconsidered Still, a that's a hundred songs,
1: brought a lot of there's a lot <laughs> there's of a there's a lot, a lot of, of songs. <laughs> there's that's a, lot a of nomination. I, I, that is a goddamn <laughs> <nomination>. <laughs> That's a nomination. That is a nomination bro. I guess man. so but a hundred songs. Are you in a hundred the top hundred? <laughs> there's like a hundred that come out uh, every Friday. Come on now. You know? That's a better list than like the top hundred basketball players right now, the top 100 <laughs> football players right now. Like, there's a lot of music out there. Yeah, you gotta take that. That's a nomination. All right, well, you call it what you call it. <laughs> I just had clarify clarifier. Well, let's talk about the billboards, man, because that, that's huge, man. That, that's that's that far. big, too, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Brag a little
2: bit, man. Just, to be ahead. honest with you, the the first time that it happened, like, it was a goal. It was a goal that I had set out. Uh, Megaran, he dropped uh, R&DM. Mm-hmm. Uh... It was, I think, September of 2015. He dropped r and uh, he charted, and he hit uh, Heat Seekers. Uh, funny story. So every year they they kind of make it a little harder. <laughs> okay. Um, a lot of the charts that I've charted on no longer exist. So um, Heat Seekers Heat Seekers chart still exist, but up until I think it was. 2018 or 20, I think 2019 is when they stopped. Okay. So they had time zone based charts. So there was Heat Seekers Mountain, Heat Seekers Pacific, gotcha. Heat Seekers Central. So there there was a regional chart, and it didn't take as many albums sold to hit those regional charts. Right. And then out of all those regional charts, you have the regular Heat Seekers chart. Then um, there were album sale charts. There's no more album sale charts. There's only current albums because they're counting sales and streams now all together. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so some of those charts like ended in uh, 2018 or 2019, just based off of the way music's going. But the first time I charted was on a regional chart. It was for the Heat Seekers Mountain chart. And I was really, really excited because I I worked really hard to try to make that happen, and um, it did end up happening, and I was very stoked about it. Um, then when we went into do Emerald Knights two, um, I had a feeling it was gonna happen mm. because I had done it, Mega Ran had done it, and I felt like okay, we were gonna do that. Um, this last one though, the bad luck one, I didn't, I wasn't confident in that doing that and I didn't really uh anticipate that one to happen so I'm, I'm pretty thankful for it um but yeah like it's cool there's only a handful of cats in Arizona at least that have that um you know still, you I got mean, you got me you got Mega Ran you got MC Magic you got Futuristic um you got uh, J Rob, he has a couple that charted. Shout out to J Rob. He, uh, who else? Um, Brown Boy Maj, Alexis. He, his album charted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. It's a short I think ride. that's. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's yeah. more though. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to be a dick and be like yeah. yo. This you is know, just right. a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. So, I got you, but, but it's still dope, man. Yeah, I dude. mean, it's like
1: I said, man. It's not. It's. You know, you got to think, man. When you started, when you started writing. You know, years ago, you know, it might it might have been like, oh, man, I want to be on. But like, no, you actually did it. And that's fire. Yeah, it's
2: cool. Like, it's cool to look back and like see the progress over the years. But like, don't get me wrong. Like, I um I deeply appreciate and I recognize um some of those achievements. You know what I mean? But I'm comparing myself to like the greats, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and, and not just the greats in just hip hop in general, but some of the greats out here, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I'm like, when I think of Phoenix, like I'm comparing myself to Buki and mm-hmm. like his legacy, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm comparing myself to Pokerface, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when I see I the stuff that they did, uh, you know, and during a time too, where there was less resources yeah, available right. to yeah. that and True. everything, it's, it, it humbles you, oh. you know, for sure. And so I'm always striving, you know, for that mm. and beyond, you yeah. know, for, for, you know, even the big picture, um, you know, out of all of hip hop. But um, yeah, that's, that's one thing that, uh, you know, just, I, I just don't gas myself up. Yeah.
0: Um, I've asked everybody who was in, who's been involved in hip hop. Uh, I swear, I'm gonna make a compilation video. Okay. Cause, so, because yeah, I'm just really curious, you know, especially people that have, that are in music and work on music, artists and stuff like that. I'm just really curious. What is your take on hip hop today? Do you my think it's on yeah? Today. Do you think it's good? Do you think it's in a good state? Do you think it's on a downward spiral? Do you think it's on an uptick? Not just here in Phoenix necessarily, but just, all over, just yeah. just across the board. What do you think about hip hop today?
2: Well, it comes back to what hip hop is and hip hop is hip. Mm-hmm. So it's current. Mm-hmm. So you have to think of the current state of the world. You know what I mean? Uh, art will always be a reflection of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Very true. it's it's hard to say. Um, Is there hip hop that comes out and music in general that comes out today that I like? Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Is there hip hop that comes out that like I don't fuck with at all? Like, yeah. But like even during my favorite era, which, you know, I grew up listening to the very late 90s to, you know, 2000 to 2010 right. like that is like the era that molded me right, you right. know what i mean right, right. the the m ms the jay-z's the uh kanye's the games 50 G-Unit, like right. the G-Unit yeah. run to me is the best run in hip-hop of crazy. all time. Cra- I was just talking about this the other day. But you know ahead. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's my favorite it's era. Crazy. And even during that era, there was trash that came out. Right. For sure. yeah. There True. was trash yeah. that came out, you know. Uh, I'm sure in the 90s like if you go if you go back and look, there there's For some sure. trash that came out. So I feel like there's always like some, some trash. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In any genre of music. It, True. It, and so... I feel like um, a lot of the people that uh, down talk hip hop today um, are just nostalgic about the era that they love the most. Mm. And it doesn't give them that same feeling. And I get it. Like I don't get the same feeling today that I got like when Beg for Mercy came out. You wow. know what I mean? Wow. I don't get the same feeling <laughs> wow. that I got when the documentary came out or the Eminem show <laughs> Or you know what I mean? Chronic 2001 Mm -hmm. or the blue carpet treatment, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't get that. I don't get that feeling like, and, and I don't think it's because of the music. I think it's because, you know, like I'm getting older and I'm nostalgic about that. And so I think that a lot of, I think a lot of listeners are just nostalgic over the, the music that, they grew up listening to and the feeling that they got, and they're just not getting it anymore, so they're equating it to the music's bad,
0: yeah. yeah. And
2: um, I just don't think it's true. I think there's a lot of really good hip hop mm-hmm. that Very comes true. out today, um, from you know, uh, Nas's new album, yeah. Well, he's an old
1: school artist, though, yeah. So, does that count? Yeah, it counts because okay. it's new music. It is, it is, it is it new, new, is new music. music. You know what I mean? So good. And
2: there's oh and there's God. new artists God. that that have come out too. A lot of people are like Kendrick, J. Cole. They're not even new no more. Right? They're not even new no more. um Who's a really dope new one? That's gonna take me a second. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's gonna take me a second. <laughs> I'll throw some, I mean, I'll just throw some names out there. You got guys like Lil Baby. Oh yeah, Lil um, Baby's tight. Uh. Dub baby, even though he's been in Duh, baby. trouble recently, <laughs> um, he's not really a he's not really hip hop artist. But the guy uh, Moray, I don't know if you've heard of him. He Mm-mm. was on uh, J Cole stuff. Um, yeah, there's a few out yeah, there. Yeah,
2: there's 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 still dope music. Be amazed. So yeah, I I would just say, yeah, I think that it's it's always been good and there's always been bad.
0: Yeah, Sorry. I like what you said though. I you know, I asked that question just because I love to hear people's take. On it, I you know, and everybody, everybody, has been different. Oh yeah, everybody's <laughs> been different, and it's been it's a real fast. It's really fascinating, and I love what you said about nostalgia uh, factors. You know, because even me growing up uh, in you know primarily in the nineties, mid mid to late nineties, and all the music that came out then. Oh yeah, you is get, fantastic. To yeah, me. it's great, and I've never. I to this day, I still long for that music yeah. to be made. And it just—it's never gonna happen, well, and it's just, you know. Yeah, it's but it, just, but you could take that and go, yeah, from the seventies, the eighties, yeah, the nineties, two thousand. two thousands, It just kind of goes. Y'all ain't making no. Y'all, y'all ain't so making true. no music out <laughs> right. here, <Yeah>,
1: boy. Yeah. all <laughs> <laughs> <on> this Teddy <laughs> Pendergrass real quick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So.
2: Yeah, I think it's all perspective, and it's all about uh, you know what you grew up with. And what really molded you and molded your taste, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, that's definitely going to influence like your take on new music today. Um, But I do, like I said, I do really like uh, a lot of the new stuff that
0: comes out. Man, there's fantastic new music out there. I just, you know, I say this, I think every time you just got to find it, you know, and honestly, it is kind of hard to find sometimes, you know, I mean, uh, luckily there are social media outlets, you know, where that kind of. Get you in tune with certain people and stuff like that 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 are maybe only on Bandcamp or yeah. you know or a SoundCloud or something and they're not on Apple or Spotify or something just yet you know oh, yeah. or you know so it is one of those things you know it's just you gotta find it you know yeah. and, and hopefully you got some good friends around you <laughs> to say hey man check this out this hopefully you got awesome. friends with good taste there you go That's you. <laughs> That's you for sure hopefully your
1: friends have good taste I, I got a, I got another question for you yeah uh what was your aha moment whether I, I would say more as an artist when you were like okay i belong in this thing like this is this is this is where i'm supposed to be what was the aha if you have one like you're just like man yeah I, i'm this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life like i'm good <laughs> you know what i'm saying
2: probably man probably when uh, me and Megaran went on that first tour mm, okay. and we played uh, the first show it was his first time headlining in Europe he had done a European tour but he he was just an opener and so this was his first time like actually being you know considered a headliner okay and I was you know opening for him and we did this show in London it was the first night and we hadn't slept and you know we were just geeked up about being there and um, It was a small venue. I mean, it only held like 60 people. Okay. Definitely under 100. Mm -hmm. And it was sold out. And there were people who uh, knew who I was and uh, knew the the music. And like, I didn't have a whole lot of stuff out then. Um, I had one project out and maybe a couple singles. And, uh, you know, when I experienced that, like I just knew I was like man like if I can come all the way out here and and do this like you know I got this mm-hmm.
1: right. you know what I mean like right, I right. I got this yeah. and yeah. so
2: um yeah I I would say that 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 specific moment was definitely like uh, oh yeah like there's there's no going back mm-hmm. you know there's always been like times you know where you're like oh like is this for me and You know, uh, doubt and, um, confusion. There's a lot of confusion when you're first starting out. Um, but yeah, that moment made me realize like, okay, I'm, I'm on the right path and, um, yeah, I'm not going to go back to working a job. Yeah. Yeah.
1: well, Don Gato, (laughs) <laughs> oh, I, I love that man I love it it's so fire Bag of Tricks man Felix thank you for coming through brother yeah uh, thanks really for having me we man. appreciate it man um, continued success man we wish you continued success with everything you're doing yeah
2: likewise for you guys man uh, I'm, you, I want to see the podcast you know what I mean keep growing and you, you guys keep interviewing dope Arizona hip hop artists oh yeah and sure. beyond yeah. even
1: beyond Arizona hip hop mm-hmm. and uh, yeah man the album the EP coming. Uh, definitely everybody go get the bad luck EP. Well, I'm going to drop it down there. Somewhere down there. It'll be down there somewhere. Yep. Uh, it's fire too. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, fire. it's fire. It's, no, it's oh, fire. fire. Oh, no, it's fire. It's fire. It's, 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 no. No. it's,
0: it's, it's kind of it's okay. All right.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Appreciate you, bro. Thank yeah, you, man. Thank likewise.
0: You. Just like track number two, you guys stay safe mm. with Whitney Payton. Fire track, by the way. It <laughs> is a really good track. dope EP you guys gotta go check it out you guys stay safe you guys stay positive out there
1: and as always this is the gray space Peace. peace
0: hell yeah